I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Now Charles has to go pry a dead body out of some old man's hands. This is the shit that Laura has got him into. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny born in 1974. Today, we continue our look with Little House on the Prairie, Season 3, Episode 21. Yep. Gold Country. A heavy rain has been falling in Walnut Grove for two months and shows no sign of stopping. Charles fears that his crops will suffer and his family will go hungry. He takes them on a 400-mile journey for a temporary new life in Gold Country. Carolyn opens a school in a tent right in the middle of town, but it proves to be a less-than-ideal learning environment for everyone. Jen, what'd you think of this episode overall? I thought it was good. It was action-packed. It was long. It was a little long. Yeah. A little long. But I feel like there was, like, it wasn't unnecessarily long, but oh, no. it was action-packed. <laughs> but I just, I started this late last night and I was like, no, it's an hour and a half instead of 45 minutes. Yeah. No commercials though. No, I didn't get any commercials. Now yeah, that was it. nice. Yeah. Yep. Guys, we're watching all of these on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch this for free. It just has commercials, which, you know, Jenny's willing to pay a million dollars. Not a million dollars. I'm willing to pay a dollar. Okay. Jen, I want to thank our listeners for leaving some five-star reviews lately, and we have a new one. We do? I would like to read. Okay. Yes. So last week we talked about, you know, we're the only ones doing a 45-year-old show. Yeah, I know that one. We got one after that. That was good. Yep. So this one's from Kathy SRW, and she says, Gen X This Is Why is a fantastic podcast. I laugh so long and so hard listening to Gen X This Is Why. Their humorous observations about Little House on the Prairie and pop culture in general from a Gen X perspective is exactly what I was looking for. Great show. P.S. Amy is better. It doesn't say that. No, it doesn't say that. Oh, somebody put that in there. (laughs) Please. (laughs) No, but Kathy, thanks. I mean, that was a great review. All right. Um, any other housekeeping, Jen? Uh, no, I don't have anything. The uh, This is directed by Michael Landon. He's back in the director's chair. <laughs> and it's written by Hawkins and Safir, those two dudes. So um, they teamed up on this one. Okay. F for both of them. <laughs> um, actually, I didn't have a rewrite. I hope you wrote an ending because there's not really an ending to this again. See, I disagree. I feel like there is a down action in this one. 
Okay, there's a down action. We'll, we'll, we'll talk it. about the we'll end. Do you want to talk about the it. ending first? <laughs> no. All right, Jen, we open on a heavy rain. And this reminds me, I'm already going off the script. This reminds me of the first summer my kids went to summer camp. When it rained about seven oh inches yeah, that was the entire bad. week. Mm-hmm. They came home. They had 70, I'm not lying, 70 bug bites on their feet. Wow. From mosquitoes. You counted mm-hmm. them? Yeah, the nurse from the camp called me, and she's like, "I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> like, wow, your kids are covered in bug bites." I said to her, "Give them some Benadryl." She gave them some Benadryl, knocked them out every night. I stopped getting the crying phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> that was our summer, Jen. We see Charles walking down the street, and I'm here for it because he is wet and he is hot. He's wearing like a long wool coat. Oh, he looks good in this oh, scene. God. Guys, just watch this scene. It's good. I love the rain. I'm a huge fan of rain. Because you don't have to do anything. In it. <laughs> That's <laughs> not true. What do you mean? I, I don't have yeah. a car. I walk. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm in the he, weather. <laughs> he heads into Olson's. When you leave your house. When I leave my house. He heads into Olson's. He has to pay his bill. And he's grabbing some pipe tobacco, John. They don't have baking soda. And I'm like, how is Carolyn going to make fucking artisanal bread now? I don't know. Nels and Charles have a little chat about like how down on their luck the town is. I guess like people are scooting in the middle of the night, screwing Nels on his tab. Yeah. yeah. And he's like not happy. And Nels said something about there's no crops in this sea of mud. Wow. That's that's uh, deep. Nels. That's pretty deep for Nels. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jen. Then we see Mr. Edwards show up in a real bright yellow rainwater. It looks plastic. What's it made of? This is the 1800s. I don't know. I don't know. He's returning for somewhere from somewhere. Turns out he had a job in Mankato. Yeah, right. He was at the saloon every day. <laughs> we'll get there. He's probably gambling for his job. We'll get there. He had a job playing poker. So now he's back and he's got like a big business venture. Jen, what did you think it could be? Well, I knew what it was because of the name of the thing, but so I didn't put much more thought into it. Oh, I didn't know that because it could have been, no, it logically could have been like he wanted to do something and it failed. So then Charles went to gold country. It didn't have to be gold country. This is, this is Mr. Edwards crazy idea. No question. I thought maybe he was opening up the rum shack. (laughs) Like some alcohol to who? Like open the saloon in Walnut Grove. Hello. That's what he should have done. Yeah. So he invites Charles and, and the family over for supper to talk about it. Back at the Ingalls, Caroline meets Charles in the barn and asks him to take his clothes off. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't blame her. He's tense and he's pissed. He's not in the mood. And he's like, there's no way we're going to survive this. We have to figure something out. Apparently, Jen, it's been raining for two months. I have an index card. <laughs> There were a lot of places you could have had an index card. Oh, you don't you, you don't want to hear an extreme weather index card? Mm, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> can we do can I get one on Gold Country later? No, what is there to know about Gold Country? We've talked about it all season. Okay. All right, go ahead. What is the record for most consecutive days of rain in the US? Hmm. Now we're talking about measurable rain, which is defined by weather.com as 0.01 of an one of an inch. 0.01. So are you asking me how many days the record is? One hundredth of an inch. Are you asking me how many days consecutive? 
In the continental U.S., how many days do you think? Take a guess. 97. 79. Oh, I had it backwards. Near Otis, Oregon in 1997, 1998. Oregon? You mean Oregon? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm the Oregon Trail, you know. <laughs> in Alaska, 88 days. That was rain and snow, 1920. <sighs> but the record in all of the U.S. is in Hawaii. Guess how long that was? 97 days. 331 days straight. <laughs> for so 19, it rained for like a year. For 1939 to 1940. The other t- four in the top five are all in Hawaii as well. They're all over 200 inches or oh, 200 days. Sorry. The most- so they get, a, they get a year of rain and then Pearl Harbor. Yeah, pretty much. Mm, okay. It gets better. Good the, times most, the most recent is 247 days in 1993 to 94 in, in uh, Oahu, the island. That's where a lot of this is. You live in a place that beautiful, I have no pity for you. No, but see, like, there's a certain place on the island where the winds are in the right position that it, it gets this right. It's not everywhere in Hawaii. Another crazy record is consecutive days with at least a trace of rain mm. in the U.S. Guess where that was? Pacific Northwest somewhere? No, it was in Hawaii. Guess how oh. long? Um, Three years. Close, 881 days. Oh my God. In Malka, Hawaii, and it was in 1913 to 1916. So they have the fucking World War going on. Mm -hmm. Then they get the pandemic. It rained for Mm -hmm. three years before all of that. (laughs) Oh my God, right? Oh. The island of Maui also holds the record for most rain in a month. In 1942, in March, it rained 107 inches. Wow. And in 1982, in a year, it rained 704 inches, which is 58 feet. Holy shit. Is it notoriously rainy in Minnesota? Like, why is it raining for two weeks here? Uh, This must have been some kind of odd fluke. But the wettest place on Earth, according to the Guinness Book World Records, is um, Masinra, India. Their average rainfall is 467 inches a year. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) No, that's a little too much rain. I do like rain and long, dreary rain for like two months sounds awesome. If it's like the winter and you don't care, what is wrong with you? I don't know. Again, you clearly don't have to take pets out in this, get kids to school, go to work. That's all choices I made. Well, I do have to go to work. (laughs) Yeah, quote, work, end quote. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> in normal times i have to walk out get on a subway with sweaty wet gross people even mm-hmm. if they're normal people you get gross on the subway things get gross mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true okay uh where am i all right thank you jenny for that informative postcard, in oh, next oh, card. postcard. i was calling it a postcard one do you remember when i sent you the postcard from interstate 81 yeah that was funny <laughs> I'll have to post that on EVPs. It was stupid. Guys, I just, you know, I was kind of, Jenny and I had a vacation plan this year. We couldn't go. Obviously, last year we couldn't go. So I'm in Wegmans and I see postcards. I live in Scranton, so there's not much here. It was Interstate 81. Jenny's going to have to post that. Yeah. Okay. I have a picture of it. At Edward's place, Mr. Edwards is telling tales of poverty in Mankato. And Grace tells him, shut the fuck up in front of the kids. The kids leave and Edwards gives Charles a paper, the Deadwood Times or something like that. It's from Appa- Deadwood. I know. We'll get to that. Apparently, you can't talk about 
people down on their luck or who don't have money in front of kids? Well, I think you don't stress kids out unnecessarily. Kids, kids, Jenny, you and I know this. Kids should not be privy to your financial woes. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Should not be. Well, but they're like, well, I mean, they don't necessarily have financial woes yet. They're literally sitting there talking about how are they going to feed themselves. (laughs) I feel like this was a common conversation in the 19th century. Mm -mm. So she leaves, Grace leaves. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So so Edwards gives Charles the paper and it's about a gold rush. And Grace is all like, you're not going on a gold rush. The looks, the like looks between Grace and Caroline, like they're all like, they get all like. It was pretty great. Charles seems interested, and I wrote, Caroline gives him a look. Oh, the look. The look. The look. Mm-hmm. Later that night, Jen, Caroline had some crisis hair. Did you pick it up? But I want to come back to the point that Edwards makes. He says, what oh, have okay. you got to lose? You're going to sit here and watch the fields flood. You're not going to be able to plant anything. Like, you're just going to go out there. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Like, he's well, got a good point. I Okay, that's a point. But here's my counterpoint to that. Timmy and I watched this together, and Timmy's like, they're just going to leave their house and everything? And I'm like... Who else is watching it? There's no locks. Like, people could just go in there and have a house. And have what? There's no food. I don't know. I don't like it. What are they going to steal? The porcelain doll over the fireplace? I just got done watching Night Stalker. Don't take any chances. Night Stalker could be in there waiting for you when you get home. Okay. Okay. There was a murder show or movie about a dude who lived in an attic and then sprung out and killed the woman when the timing was right. I forget what it was. Mimi's, if you know, come at me. Okay. Is this maybe why mom doesn't want basements? Maybe. She doesn't watch a lot of that stuff. She does. So, Jen, Caroline had some crisis hair going on that night. With Caroline, it's a fine line between sexy temptress hair and crisis hair. Okay. Because I feel like she was trying to lure him into bed. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. Everyone's just losing their minds <laughs> over this rain. <laughs> it's like an Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> so Charles admits that he's excited about it, and Caroline relents, and they decide they're going to go. And then, you know, Edward's just jo- running next door and knocking on the door and telling them he could go. Like, what did he hitch up the team and take the stage? The wagon down to Charles for like seven miles just to tell them Grace said we could go. What were his other options? Wait till the next day? I mean, Edwards walks across creek, frozen creeks and that's true. I mean, he doesn't care. I think what bothers me most about the show is no phones. Like, you have no way of telling anybody anything. You have to so go annoying. to their house. Annoying. Super annoying. Jeez. And they talk about how the the odds of, or Charles says, what do you think the odds are of hitting Gold. And he says like a thousand to one. I feel like there's no way it's that good. The odds. At this time, maybe. Like maybe that you'd hit something. Yeah. But like if that you get rich, I feel like. Only we had a useful index card around this. No, I'm not going to make an index card around this. That sounds okay. hard. All right. So they, they decide to go. They load up from Molson's. They head out the next morning. And Jen, they have to drive in the rain. Like they don't even have a cover over their driver. Right. They just sit in the pouring rain. They're just driving. Well, they used hats like for their real purpose, which was to keep the water off their heads. So then we have a map graphic of them moving. And it's basically a Sharpie line going across Minnesota. And they go across a Dakota, but it doesn't say which. Did we only have one Dakota at that point? It was the Dakota Territory. Okay. 
And Jack, Jen, walking behind the wagon again. Jack, that motherfucker, is under dragging under the, the wagon. Do you mm-hmm. see he's eating under the wagon? He's dragging mm-hmm. behind it. Payback's a motherfucking bitch. Did I see them, Jen? Did I see Jack? Yeah, I did, because my dogs were going berserk. This is payback for almost killing Mary. Yeah. And they had to super zoom on Jack for, like, five whole seconds. He's disgusting. He's all muddy. Well, his days are numbered. <laughs> okay. So the next day they That's wake up. probably killed him. <laughs> Maybe. The next day, Jen, they wake up and there's no rain. So I have a question. Yeah. They wake up and there's no rain. Do they turn around and go back? Well, they've come pretty far. So even, okay. but the problem was that even if it stopped by the time the field. They couldn't plant the crops. Yeah. Like it was too late to plant anything. Charles decides to leave them in prayer, lead them in prayer. Yeah, of course. Whatever. They arrive in town and they're in Deadwood and it's crazy. Like Al Swearingen could be out on that balcony. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. And Jen, there's a saloon. Edwards is dying to get in on this action. It's all around him. He's dying. Okay. So we see some sex workers waving at, at them as they come into town. They're like, if you guys ever watched Deadwood, you know elsewhere Jenny had the balcony above the saloon. It looks exactly like it. And he always had his girls up there uh, on the balcony waving men in. So so we have the he same setup here. Guns, they're drinking, they're cursing. There's drunk men shooting guns, a bunch of loose cows. Grace, Grace, and, Grace and Carolyn are horrified. They're horrified. Carolyn's like clutching her pearls. Okay. Charles and Edwards have to stop at the claim office. So they need to stop. The wives have to run to the store. Jen? Greatest moment ever. Go ahead. Well, I see I see Carl's Jr. jump off the wagon. And I'm like, do not let that kid loose in this town. <laughs> Him and Laura loose in this town are the worst thing that could ever happen. So Grace warns them, like, stay here. And Carl's Jr. is like, oh, Ma, I want to look around. And then. And then. <laughs> and then, like, sex workers are trying to pick him up and yell into him and waving at him. Guys. Sex workers are waving to Carl's Jr. and he looks at them and he literally says, "Gee whiz!" They call oh my god, I'm Sunny. It's so bad. He's like it's, ten. It's the greatest clip ever. I have it. I sent it to Jenny last night. It's going in the Mimi Bees. So look for that. guys. If you do nothing else, join our Facebook group, the Mimi Bees, just to see these amazing clips that I get, yeah, which amazing. are all taken from my phone. Okay, so Caroline and Grace head to the store, and they're appalled by the prices, Jen. I, after doing the inflation, I'm appalled by the prices too. And you, I'll, I mean, I'll pay eight ninety nine for a bag of flour. Yeah, $15. which right now, well, right now, like a five pound bag of flour is like three ninety nine, like an average one. Mm-hmm. So that equates to about. Hold on, I have my math here somewhere. Twenty three ninety four for. For 30 pounds of flour today. That's a lot. So $15 then would be the equivalent of that bag of that 30 pound bag of flour being $375 today. Holy shit. So they are right to be like, what? Yeah. This is like yeah. Dean and DeLuca shit. Yeah, it's bad. It's real, real bad. So Grady, the shady store owner, tells them, hey, these prices are fair and it's what you get. I don't want to tell you. Sorry. All right, at the claims office, the men aren't making out really well. There was a ton of people here before them. 
But of course, like Charles endears himself to this man that this man's going to give him a tip. Of course. And he tells him there's a claim about 50 miles west of here in a town called Newton where people have had some luck. On the way back, Jen, Edwards tries to go into the You can physically see the draw on him. Like he's he's like, like I have ten I have some money in my pocket I want to go in the saloon you can't Charles walk in a straight like, line no. away from it he can't no. do it Charles is like no dude I'm gonna tell Grace and <laughs> totally cock blocks Edwards yep and Edwards is like oh okay 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 so the men tell their families they don't have to stay in Deadwood Deadwood and the women are like oh thank God because Carolyn is exhausted from judging people exhausted yeah she is she is it's tiring yeah they're going to Newton. So they stop to sleep somewhere, and they're literally, Jen, just sleeping on blankets on the ground. No. Nope. No way. And there's coyotes in the background. Yeah. No. Yeah. So who's in the wagon? The girl, the kids. The kids are in the wagon. Okay. Here's something. Charles, my man, is sleeping under the wagon, which is super sketchy because I don't feel like that wagon is secure not to move. Of course it is. That's the break on. Mm, you trust the brake the brake i trust brakes i don't trust that brake but even if it moved it's not gonna roll like run him over like he's on he was out by the wheel okay whatever okay all right so grace wakes up and she finds edwards is gone she's like i I don't know know where he is is. of course you know where he is there's a (laughs) saloon within 50 miles guys He's got a problem. He's got a problem. You, you sneak off in the middle of the night to go to the saloon. I, apparently, it's a gambling and drinking problem. Yes. So Grace wakes up Charles, and Charles is immediately like, I know where he Charles is. Charles exactly where he is. How do you not know, Grace? You know where And he I is. wrote, wow, just wow. <laughs> like, we are watching raging alcoholism play out before our eyes. I mean, the way he should have done it was, I'm going to the saloon. Like, that would have been fine. But slipping off in the middle of the night is, yeah, that's not good. And how far did he have to walk? I guess he walked, yeah, because he didn't take the... Did he take a horse, maybe? A single horse? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he... Yeah. I don't know. At the saloon, Jen, we meet some woman running a roulette wheel, and she's cheating with the pedal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we see Edwards playing poker. Holy shit. (laughs) Edwards wins a really big hand, and as he gets up to leave, of course, two goons follow him. <laughs> of course. This place is crazy. Oh, God. They very predictably mug him outside and take all of his money. I think it's the house. Like, I think it's the yeah. saloon. Yep, yeah, they just is. take their money back. Yeah, it is. Charles shows up at the saloon, can't find him. The guy offers him a drink. He's like, no, thank you. I only drink coffee when it's dark out. Hey, Charles, just have a drink. Have a little fun. Loosen up for five Can minutes you, of your life. Can you imagine Pa drunk? No. Oh, I would love it. Okay. So he walks out. Charles walks out, and guess what? He finds Edwards beat up he, in the alley. He hears him, his ride or die moaning in the alley. <laughs> they go back to camp, and Grace is pissed. I don't blame her. I mean, I, I side with that Edwards, and yeah, let's go to the saloon and have fun. But like, I don't blame Grace for being pissed at how he went about this. No, me either. So he's begging her for forgiveness, and she's like, "You'll." This is the first time we see strife in their marriage. Well, that they actually address. I guess, like that they actually address. That they actually address. Yeah. 
So he's, she's like, you'll never change. And he's like, why'd you marry me then? And she's like, cause I fell in love with you. And well, he has a good point. Why'd you marry me if you wanted me to change? Then he smiles and she smiles and all's forgiven. This is doomed. Doomed. He, he kind of said that he's drinking, he was drinking for groceries. I don't, cause he was gambling <laughs> to try to get money for the flower. Like, nice try, Edward. Nice try. Oh, like, I just can't believe. What what must we have thought of that when we were kids watching that? No, we probably thought it was totally fine. I mean, guys, we grew up in a really depressed area. Alcoholism is very common yeah. where we are. Yep. Very common. So maybe we were just like, oh, it's okay. like home. Whatever. Okay. All right. The next day they meet Ben Griffin along the river. Yeah, and they need to put some distance between Edwards and the saloon. So I was glad to see, see them get moving. Yeah, they got moving. So they meet Ben Griffin, and he's with what's the Italian dude's name? Uh, Delano. Delano. So they meet some randos, guys. Well, and Griffin, I was like, I don't trust these people. Timmy said he thought Griffin was a famous actor, but I looked and he's not. I don't trust these people. I'd rather, at least with the gun-toting, gambling, drinking folks, you know what you're getting. It's on the surface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These guys, I'm like, I don't trust them. Yeah, they're too nice. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we meet Delano too, and he's super Italian. Like this is super racist because he's like, "Oh, I got to get to me spaghetti." Like he's very. It's bad. Over the top. And he's dressed like a mime for some reason. Yeah, it's really bad. All he wants to do is get to California, have some vino. Yeah, it's bad. bad. Wait till wait till Carolyn finds out they're Catholics. Oh yeah. So they help Charles fix his wheel and turns out they're all going to Newton. So they, they ride together because of course Charles trusts everyone. Yep. Yep. They get to Newton, Jen, and they meet this town's version of Reverend Alden. Is it, is it this town's version of Reverend Alden or is it just the town Reverend? He's just a creep. Does he endanger them constantly? <laughs> I don't think so. Yes. Yes, he does. Okay. Yes, he does. Yes. So we meet the, the town reverend. He's pretty young, right? I thought he was a lot younger than he is. But he's super weird. He's one of those people that he might be 27. Right. He might be 45. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. kind of always has a look on his face. And there's a scene at the end that this is especially prevalent in that he, he looks like he's in a David Lynch film all the time. Like I don't, <laughs> He just has this expression on his face. Yep. So they get all the info they need. It seems like a nice town. They go to the store and the prices are reasonable. Uh, the Rev gives them a little shaming for praying for hitting gold. You know, a little shame to go we around. Have that. Yeah, we always have that. So they head to the place they'll be mining and they, they start to set up camp. And Carl's Jr., Jen, not happy. I feel like Carl's Jr. is going to cause some kind of trouble. Like, I, I just have a well, I just, feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Grace is starting to lean into that he's like a troublemaker. Yeah, finally. Yes. <laughs> so Charles tells Carl's Jr. like, dude, you have to be 21. Oh, because like, they, yeah, they're pissed that they don't have claims. So then I guess they mark their claim by writing the name down in a bottle. I, I don't know what's happening. Sorry. I I really struggle with the concept of the honor system holding everything together in, in Walnut Grove, which it seems to do. In Walnut Grove is the key. Yes. You can't take some Gen Xers and expect them to believe that the honor system is holding society together. That's the correct belief, though. 
that's the factual belief because it's not as we see right. during the episode. Yep, it's not. Okay, so they spend the day working to make the camp and Delano, the Italian rando, shows up with the deer and they all share it. And they're just making, you know, he's a nice guy. Yeah, we know. They're beating us over the head with well, this. Delano's Delano's like, my wife will cook. And he's like going <laughs> all like, and Carolyn's like, no, we'll cook. And you could tell he's kind of like, I want your Anglo-Saxon food. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My wife will cook. No, so really, we'll cook. No, we're good. We'll cook. You're good. Okay. <laughs> we use salt. Jenny, I have a question. Is my Italian accent worse than my English, British accent? It's a caricature of an Italian accent. So hard to say. That's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they have dinner together. Like we're supposed to get the sense that they're neighborly, right? Yeah, we got it. I'm starting to trust the Italian guy. I still don't trust the other guy. Mm -hmm. Is it the menacing looks and the somber music every time they show him? Kill someone. Yeah. Yeah. The next day they start panning for gold and Laura and Carl's Jr. are up to no good. Panning for gold again. Here we are. They decide they're going to pan down river off the claim. Well, Laura kind of starts that and Charles questions her skill at panning gold. And I'm like, really, Carl's Jr.? Okay, so Laura finds an abandoned mine. And you know Carl's Jr. can't resist an abandoned mine. (laughs) Like Edwards to a saloon. So then they find an abandoned house. Because of course they do. And I love how Laura's like, oh, a playhouse. We'll use it as a playhouse. Like, weren't they just complaining like 15 minutes ago that they're not adults? You don't have a note for me on this? I thought for sure you would remind the listeners again that I was arrested in an abandoned house. No, I don't have to. We already told that story. That's old news. Good. All right. So she thinks the house is abandoned, Jen. But inside we hear, according to my closed captioning, labored breathing. Well, Laura doesn't understand that people... Okay. Are you done? (laughs) Laura doesn't understand that people would live in squalor. Like, she can't even comprehend that. No, no, no. I have a note on that. I wrote, okay, like, it looks like a shack. But to be fair, a lot of homes look like a shack at this time. That's what I mean. Like, plus it's not, like, the curtains are ripped. And, like, it's, it's in a state of disrepair. But it's not, like, it's somebody lives there. Like, People literally lived outside. Okay. I don't understand why she thinks this is an abandoned house. Because she she thinks her idea of a house is this neatly kept, like, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't get that people Laura, live in different conditions. Laura, check your, check your pioneer privilege. Yeah, that's what I like, totally. <laughs> She's in okay. the world. They're, they're now experiencing the real world. They're out of the bubble of Walnut Grove. Yes, yes. So they see apples and they try to take them when some old dude, Jen, who's the old dude? It's Mr. Sims. Fucking Mr. <laughs> Sims is back. Mr. Sims. Like, I don't know what Michael Landon is thinking here. Yeah, this is the same season, right? Yes. Is there a short? No, that was season two, I think. Is there a shorted? Yeah, because that was in Going Home. That was the finale of season two. Oh, so he's going to be in every finale now? He's going to be in every finale. Yeah. So... Is there a shortage of qualified weirdo old looking actors? Oh, there's not. And oh, there's not. Is there a shortage of old white guys to give roles to? No. No, No, there's not. Mm -hmm. And I love how Laura's like perfectly comfortable with maniacs. Like perfectly. Yep. So Mr. Sims comes out of the house. Well, his name here, Jen, is Zachariah. He comes out of the house and he starts laughing 
maniacally. Yep. And what do Laura and Carl's Jr. do? They start throwing fucking apples at they him. Throw the apples that they took back at him. Yeah. So then he's laughing because he got the apples. This is when shit gets real weird. First of all, do you notice Zachariah says crick, not creek? Why do we care about that? I feel like there's two types of people in this world. You either say creek or crick. So is there crick justice and creek justice? I'm wondering the same thing. (laughs) Crick justice sounds worse. Because what we learn is Zachariah doled out a little crick justice (laughs) by burying his wife in it. Yeah, now there's tombstones in the creek. Like, yeah. So basically, he's like, I was here. I'm just going to summarize this for people. I was here 20 some years ago, dug out a bunch of gold, wasn't enough, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. My wife died. Now, there's no causation there. Yeah. I think what he was trying to say is like, instead of spending time with her and stuff, he was in the mine all day long, digging out gold. True. And he didn't get to spend that time with her. And I have another question though. 20 years ago, was he 65 <laughs> digging this gold out of the mine? Like, he's not young. Like 20 years is not enough time for him to be like in his prime doing this work. Unless he was like 65. I don't know. So then he literally put all of his gold back in the crick and yeah. buried her on top of it kind of an odd choice and there's a tombstone yep okay all right timmy raised a good question jen why is this man so dirty when he literally lives on a creek because he'd have to be in the creek to get clean right just go in it i think he's nuts i think he's like a little bit not okay i mean okay yeah something's going on there just then mary comes to get the kids and everyone is screaming they found gold on their first motherfucking day i'm sorry I don't buy it. I don't buy this. I don't buy it. (laughs) Jen, zoom in on Ben Griffin. He's going to murder everyone. (laughs) This guy is going to murder everyone. He's the Night Stalker, guys. He's going to go back to Walnut Grove and wait in their house. (laughs) Okay, Charles and Edwards go to town to see what their gold is worth. And the Italian dude tells the entire town about the gold. So So does Charles. One of them... Charles tells them. Charles was helping. These guys go to town, wave around their gold, (laughs) and then tell everyone where it is. Uh They have no idea how to live in a city. Mm -mm, No clue. Or the true nature of humankind. Don't tell it. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, it was fools. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Now, every single person is headed out there. So now we have like a gold rush. It's going to turn into Deadwood in like five minutes. So Edwards is finally like, we better hide our gold. Edwards is, is like, wait, because I think they thought that Deadwood was like a weird anomaly mm-hmm. and that, okay, here's a nice town with a church mm-hmm. and yep. nice people are going to go to this town yep. and that other thing is going to stay over. He doesn't realize like the whole world's like that. Yes. yes. <laughs> and like, and that's going to come there. Like the anomaly. But did he catch that little scene where Grace walks up on them and he's like, I'm just used to hiding my jug. Uh, and then he like <laughs> stops when he sees her. Okay, so the Italian dude, Jen Delano, comes running over. Guess what? He hit gold, too. He hit gold, too. He's going bonkers. So now everyone except Ben Griffin. And he's pissed. and going to murder everyone. <laughs> the Ingles and the Edwards are happy for them. And Laura and Carl's Jr. are still pissed that they can't file, file a claim. Laura's like, I I have experience. I'm a pro. Laura's a little irritating in this episode. She's super irritating. Mm -hmm. Laura says, Jen, maybe they could work for Zachariah. I mean, he is a big claim. Yeah. So they head out there to the maniac. Yep. 
they tell the maniac, look, here's what we want to do. And he's like, mm, I don't think so. I just don't think so. This is when he tells the story about the tomb. That's when he tells the story, right? Yeah. And like, because someone's always dead. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. how someone's always dead. Yep. He's telling this creepy story about the tombstone. Like, what? Why is Laura in well, so then, Read the room. Get out of there. So then what does Laura do? They go back that night and they tell everyone. Yep. At the camp. Now, I'm assuming by telling everyone, they told Ben Griffin. Yeah. They told Delano. Yeah. They told the Edwards. Yep, that's their camp. The whole, quote, neighborhood. Because mm-hmm. okay. Laura cannot keep a secret. Correct. Okay. Jen, Charles is drinking coffee that night. I was wondering if Doc Baker maybe was that lady's doctor too, because like there's no, he's like, she went to bed and died. And I'm like, it was Doc <laughs> Baker, her doctor. Maybe it's very possible. So that night, Charles is drinking his coffee and they're gossiping about Delano and Griffin. And Caroline is the one who says, Griffin's not right. Like something's wrong there. He's jealous. <laughs> yeah. Caroline's getting like Night Stalker vibes. Yep. So Caroline, like, she's like, I just want to go back to Walnut Grove. Could we please go back to Walnut Grove? And Charles was like, I have my chance. I have to take it. Then, Jen, I don't know if you saw this. He says he's tired. Are you coming to bed? And she's like, no, I'm not. I I did catch that. He's like, I have my chance to, like, earn a living. Are you earning a living? You're literally finding money on the ground. That's, like, what you're doing. And you, you, they made $126 in three hours. Yeah. If you adjust for inflation, that would be about a thousand dollars an hour. Right. And you'd have to split it. Well, but like your so Edwards gets half. What of that. did you do that was worth a thousand dollars an hour? Like no, you just no. picked up money off the ground. Like it's no. not it's not like you're working for this money. And it's not it's total chance. It's total chance. Right. It's not sustainable. Like collect what you can and like if things start to get weird, like at this point I'm like, okay. Yeah, you should stay. But once shit starts to go sideways, you need to get out of there. Yeah. All right. The next day, the mothers take the kids to town. And Carl's Jr. is all excited, Jen, because he sees men wearing guns. Carl's Jr. has gun fever. He's going to be bad. He has gun fever. (laughs) So there's now, now there's a saloon in Newtown. 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 Yeah. There's a saloon there. There was a saloon there, but there was no one at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except Edwards. Right. Okay, so there's a big fight at the saloon, like a huge fight, like glass breaking, people beating the shit out of each other. While that's happening in the background, Caroline has come to the tent church to propose the idea of opening a school. So the preacher has a literal tent in the middle of church, wouldn't you? Or in the middle of town, wouldn't you put it out of the town? Well, uh, it's a tent. It's movable. Just move it. Yeah. Because when they obviously put it there, no one was there. Just move it. Just move it. Away from the friggin' saloon. Yeah. (laughs) So he likes the idea. He says, you could have the tent. I have mass on Sundays and Wednesdays. You could have the, you know, whatever. Grace tells her then that the town is stores raising prices again. Like we're starting to turn into Deadwood. Yeah, it's going to turn into Deadwood. At church on Sunday, the reverend, he's not a great preacher. I don't like him. But he introduces Caroline, and she makes the most lackluster announcement. Well, it's really funny because the Delanos are in the front row, and I'm like, mm-hmm. are they wondering where the bloody Christ and the hymns about why this is your fault <laughs> are? Yeah. Like, are they like, well, is this church? What? <laughs> why am I not feeling super guilty? <laughs> well, and then I love that Delano's like, 
The people who found gold should cough up all the collection money. I'll cover those who did. He's like flashing his money around. Yeah. Not a good idea, dude. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Okay. Back at the claim, they're playing around when they hear a gunshot. Of course. Jen, Delano has been shot. Yeah, because he's waving his money like I have a pile of money. And it's not like they had a fucking bank to keep that money in. They're all like have bags of gold. And I wrote, oh, my God, has this now turned into a murder mystery? Well, yeah. Someone shot him. But they don't know who. They don't even do anything. There's no police. They're like, what is it? Like, he has wing sauce all over him. Okay, so are we going to agree that it was Ben Griffin? Oh, no. I I totally thought it was Ben Griffin. No, no, no. He has motive. They've been showing us. I feel like he has access. I feel like, and don't forget, he lived to talk to his son. Don't you think he would have been like, get out of here. Ben Griffith shot me. That you're assuming he saw his shooter. He did say, cause he said, I wouldn't get, tell them where the gold was. That's oh, why they shot him. Oh. <laughs> There's a ton right. of shady fucking motherfuckers around here. Okay. And I feel like right. if Ben Griffith was doing, he wouldn't do like, he wouldn't shoot you. He would do some weird chopped up, like mass murder shit. You're right. You're right. Okay, so Delano's kid does some of the worst acting I've ever seen. They literally put Visine in his eyes. And the the Visine is streaming down into his mouth. He's like gagging on it. So everyone is kind of stunned. And as he's dying, he tells the kid, they wanted the gold. I wouldn't tell him where it was. Take it. Take it and go to California with your mom. Make the wine. Take the grapes. It's, It's so bad. It's so bad. Um, He says to... No, no, no. I already did that. Uh, Charles decides, Jen, this is it. He's going to rent Caroline a place to live in town so she doesn't get shot I up. can't believe this is his plan. I almost died. They have to get out of this place. They don't know how to act in a town full of prias. They have to get no, out of here. No. And he's not leaving, Jen. Wow. So they find the only place in town that doesn't have broken windows. And the landlord gouges them on the price. Red fucking flag. Let me say, they gouge them on the price. It's $100 a month. If you adjust for inflation, still cheaper than New York City. So then, Jen, the landlord offers to buy their claim out. Yeah, they should They should have gone with that. They should have gone with that because they end up leaving anyway. No, they with nothing. Yep. Stupid. Caroline's like, oh, man, I feel like you should have done that. I she, feel seems, like you should. she seems to have no agency here. Like, this is a situation where Charles really just makes the decisions. Again, that's like a finale reoccurring theme. Yeah. Okay. The next day, Caroline's trying to teach while the town is drunk and screaming around her. Suddenly, there's gunshots and there's a big shootout in town. (laughs) Kind of like me trying to record a podcast with my dog outside the door. Yeah. Wheeling around his toy. Lafayette Beetle. Okay, Jen. Charles and Edwards are... Charles and Edwards are panning when some creeps come up on them. What do you think of this? Well, this is the kind of shit that's going to happen. Like, once they hear that there's gold out in these, they're going to look for the, like, the weak links, and they're going to attack, and, like, Edwards is ready for some creek fucking justice. Uh I wrote, Edwards pulls a gun, threatens some creek justice. Yeah, he does. (laughs) So they leave. The men get home that night, and Edwards heads to bed, but Jen, Charles wants coffee. He's always drinking fucking coffee at night. He's coffee. Coffee. Like fucking he, wired. He literally fell asleep drinking coffee. Like, what is the secret? <laughs> I, I I drink coffee, like, slightly too late, and it's, like, 10 o'clock a.m., and I can't sleep that night. Uh-huh. I drink coffee at 1230. I'm up. 
I'm like, up for like, like this coffee you see me drinking now is decaf. I could not ever have coffee. I'm time. drinking real coffee. No, not this time. But to be fair, they do a lot more work than we do. That's true. <laughs> that day. That's true. Like Timmy, he's a carpenter, so he does a lot of physical labor. He could probably have a coffee when he got home. Yeah, be okay. yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. The next day, Jen, Caroline's trying to teach again. It's going a little better today. A little better. Until a drunk stumbles in. Yeah, because what's going to stop them? Did you think Laura was going to stand up and punch this guy? I was hoping somebody stood up and did something. There's 30 of them. Like, you can't yeah, talk about this guy. Where are the 30-year-old boys who are being taught? They're over in the saloon. They're not in the school. <laughs> He's menacing, and he starts pushing Caroline up against a post. Just then, Ben Griffin comes in. Yeah. And but like, do you notice he doesn't even address that that guy's there? No. He's just like, where's my daughter? Can I get my daughter? So Griffin's being all weird, and he says he hit a big... And the drunk calls him out on it. Well, because he he's holding the gold, right? And he does he say it's quartz? It's in quartz, so the gold is in it's like in the quartz. Okay, and he's like that came from a mine, and Laura immediately knows where he got that gold, right? Because the, they know the mines are basically all like everything's out of the mines, right? But where's the mine gold? It's under the grave. It's in the crick under a dead body. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So she chases Griffin out of the school and Caroline panics and sends Charles Jr. Or Carl's Jr. Oh, my God. Ew. (laughs) Caroline panics and sends Carl's Jr. to go get Charles. Because that's what Charles needs right now. What you need is to put Charles Jr. in charge of this. This is why this is all happening. You just said Charles Jr. (laughs) Why'd you do that? Jesus Christ. I'm leaving this in. I'm leaving it in. Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. All right. So Laura runs to Zachariah's and he's super pissed. And Jen, what is he holding? Okay. I didn't realize what was happening at first. I didn't either. And I'm like, "Um, where's Lorraine? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Is he holding her? Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let me back up, guys. When he talked about putting his wife in the river or the crick, I thought it was symbolic. Like he put the headstone in the crick. Why would you think that's a grave? Put her in there. That's a grave. But I I feel like that's stupid because that is going to wash away eventually. How did he weigh her down? I don't know. Well, he weighed her under, he said, under the crick. How do you even do that? I don't know. He put the gold on top of her? Maybe. I don't know. (sighs) Well, no, because obviously this dude had to dig her up to get to the gold. Jesus Christ. It's dark. This is dark. (laughs) It's getting dark. Okay, so apparently I wrote. Apparently, Griffin dug up Zachariah's wife's grave. Holy shit! And then the fake tears on these kids are too much. Laura's like fake crying again. Charles finds Laura sitting by the creek. A lot of creek action in this. I just have to say, Charles is like like this kid is always in some kind of fucking shit because she cannot keep her nose out of other people's business. Uh huh. Uh That was Charles. I can't even defend her here. Cannot even defend her. Now Charles has to go pry a dead body out of some old man's hands. This is the shit that Laura has got him into. <laughs> so Laura's crying. She's like, I thought Griffin was a good man. Oh, because Zachariah, when he's crying and holding the corpse, is saying, you told everyone where my gold was. She did. So he's pissed at her. Yes. I mean, it's his fault for telling her she's a kid. Yeah. Of course yeah. he's going to say shit. And I'm sorry, Charles is not prying a dead body out of someone's hands. He's prying a rotting corpse out of somebody's hands. Yes. Yes. I feel like those are different things. <laughs> different 
<laughs> I'm shocked Charles didn't tell her to go take care of it herself, a la the maniac. Yeah, like, oh, go, go handle this dead body shit yourself. So Laura feels like shit. She thought Griffin was a good man. And I wrote, did Griffin shoot Delano? But we're pretty sure he didn't. No, but I thought when I saw him with the gold, I thought he killed Zachariah. Zachariah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laura says the old man is holding his wife and we can't leave him like this. And Charles is like, I'll take care of it. You go back to your mother. I'll take care of it. And I wrote, now he has to go bury another man's wife. It's bad. Charles runs over to Zachariah's gen and finds the whole cabin in flames. It's on fire. Oh my God, he's dead. So he goes into hero mode. He goes into hero mode. He runs up the ladder and falls off. Like an idiot. And he's well, screaming Zachariah into a blazing inferno. Guys, There's no way this guy isn't alive. No fucking way. Guys, some of you may have yards. In those yards, you may have what is called a shed where you may put your lawnmower, some tools, whatever. Zachariah's whole house is the size of that shed. It is ablaze. Like, where on does fire. think he's going to be? It's so weird. It's so weird. Anyway, so he's screaming, blah, 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 whatever. But, Aim, you know what happened. What? He must have removed his doors and took out his fire alarms and built six ovens. Yes, the Sims. Yes. (laughs) And now there's Sims. And then later two tombstones appear. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Grim Reaper shows up and and someone tries to make friends with them. Okay. So now Charles has two people to bury. Well, I don't think there's anything to bury, but he makes a tombstone. So he chisels something into the stone. It says Zachariah. Of course, he just can't put Z. It has to be Zachariah. And he does a pretty nice job. Do you know how long that probably fucking took with the tools that he has? I mean, he had to be there for hours. Hours. Back in town, Jen, the saloon is off the hook. My God. Charles just wants to get the fuck well, out of there. And they're in church. And I'm just saying, like, there's no gray area in this town. You're either in church or in the You're soul. either gambling and drinking and shooting in the street or you're you're on your knees praying in church. There's no, like, there's nobody in between. So this is about to get a little weirder. And this is clearly orchestrated by Michael Landon. <laughs> it all is orchestrated. Oh. So Charles shows up in church because it's Wednesday night and they have mass on Wednesday nights. There's 18 people standing in the back of this tent, yet they left a seat open for Charles. They did. And he stops the mass and says, Mr. Ingalls, come sit down front. Like, okay. So he sits down and he lies to Laura that Zachariah decided to go away. Why would she believe that? Like suddenly he packed his bags and headed out of town. He believed it. Whatever. Okay. And what so, was he gonna say? He burnt. He committed suicide by fire. Nope. All he had to say was, "He's not mad at you anymore. I helped him. We put the wife back." What if she tried to go back to the house somehow at some point. You know how she is. She's gonna go back to the house and see it burned to the ground anyway. Yeah, like maybe caught on fire mm-hmm. after. Yeah. She, yeah, she should not be involved in this. <laughs> okay. Charles is clearly going through something, Jen, but for some random reason, the priest wants to have Charles come up and talk about what it's like in the town. Meanwhile, you just see Edwards in the background, like, dying to go to the saloon. <laughs> He's like, is this, 
Is mass over? Is it over? Is it over? We live in town now. I'm going to go outside to go to the bathroom, Grace. I'll be right back. Okay. So what does Charles do when he gets up there, Jen? He gives some kind of fucking speech. He shames the entire congregation. Yeah. Not only does he shame them, he calls them out. How many of you prayed to to God when you got here to strike it rich? Is there no privacy laws? Nobody raises their hand. He's like, come on. Liars. Now we're in church. You can't lie. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's, yeah. Wow. So then he announces, Jen, he's going home. And Carolyn's like, oh, thank you, God. I can unclench my pearls. And Edwards is like, no. (laughs) (laughs) On their way home. Okay, so so that any other episode would have ended right there. Okay. Do we agree? The action is resolved. They're going home. And this time we were treated to a little scene. They're driving home. They see a a wagon approach. It's a young couple. They want to go out to Newton to catch gold, to make it rich. Charles is like, well, you know, it's they're seeing color out there, blah, blah, blah. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. They look at each other. They laugh. They ride away. You know what this reminds me of? What? It took me way longer than it should have at like 2 o'clock in the morning to find this video. But it reminds me of Poison's Fallen Angel video. Oh, yes. <laughs> the chick gets yes. off the bus. And she's and she yeah. comes to lingerie. Well, here, I have it summed up. She gets to L.A. with her agent. Her, or she gets to L.A. She gets off the bus. She's all innocent from the Midwest. Wait, no, no, no. It's stepped out on the city streets, right? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Just a How does it go? With a suitcase. The whole life packed in a yeah. suitcase by her feet. Yeah. But sometimes the lights don't shine as bright as they did on Mama's TV screen. So I will sum this up for you. She gets to L.A., her agent hits on her, and they start dating. She's a lingerie model. They go out on the town. He kisses some chick. She kicks him in the balls, puts her slouchy clothes back on, gets on a motorcycle with Brett Michaels, drives past a new girl getting off the bus. Yep. Sounds right. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Okay. So, Jenny. Whose fault is this? So I there's so many people to blame. In there's this, so many people to blame. But I'm going to say the decent people of Walnut Grove, this is their fault. <laughs> for being decent people? Because they have sheltered these people from the real world and have not prepared them for the na- true nature of mankind. You're not wrong. But I feel like this is Laura's fault. It's definitely Laura's fault. Like it could have been, they still would have had the same issues, but it would have been way less dramatic. Charles didn't need to be. We didn't need the whole burning body shit. We didn't need that. Yeah. No. So I have Laura's fault, but I think a little bit of it is Edward's fault. Is it Edward's fault? Well, it was his idea. So, oh, so, so everyone fails and that's the person whose idea it was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this wasn't my idea, was it? No. No, I begged you to do it. I was it. like, this doesn't feel like my idea. <laughs> but it was your idea to watch Little House on the Prairie. That's true. It was. Yeah, it was. All right. At the end of every episode, Jenny and I will look back and talk about a theme or a lesson that we learned from the original airing or maybe something that stuck with us or something we saw in the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny... What is your why for this episode? So mine's on the rewatch because I don't really remember this. Okay. Um, This is why if I see a tombstone in the middle of a creek, I'm digging up a motherfucker. (laughs) 
it's there for a reason. You never know. It's weird. You never know. Something's under there. I'm not all weird about dead bodies. I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure I sat next to one on the G train several times. Oh, I don't like dead bodies. Come not on. once. Once I don't know. I mean, it's not like I have like. You ever them. Seen, have you ever seen a dead body? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, have you ever found a dead body? No. Like you saw a dead body once. It was made up by the yeah. funeral person. Yeah. Um, I may have. There's some questionable people that I've seen on the street that <laughs> may or may not have been dead. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't know. Like, I don't have a weird spiritual thing about it. Remember dad saw the dead body? No. We lived on our old street and they lived, there was a rental house down behind the Luigi's and a little paper boy came running up. Dad was getting his car in the morning, going to work. The paper boy came running up, Mr. Mr. There's a dead guy down here. And they went down. The guy had gone out for the paper and died. Whoa. I didn't, I don't even think yeah. I knew that. Oh yeah. Yep. Jeez. Was dad like the Paul Angles of the neighborhood? A little bit. Wow. Okay. Speaking of dads, that's my why. This is why I had the complete wrong impression of fathers growing up. And I thought fathers had endless patience. (laughs) And you grew up with dad as your father. Jenny, Laura seems to have zero respect. Dad would have murdered us. Uh, Like, if could you imagine... If we did any of this shit, could, dad would have like beat our ass if we went running around this abandoned house and set it on fire or whatever Laura did. But is this why we thought that fathers, like, did we have a distorted image of what fathers should be like because of the show? I think, I feel like I had more influences in my life than the show, but okay. Wow. Like I can remember thinking that Charles was a good father. Yeah. But come on, they are going way. Like, Charles doesn't even yell at these kids ever. When have you ever seen him yell at these kids? Never. Never. We see Caroline. Yeah. Have oh, her moments with uh, them. The barn. Right. And even the quarantine episode, she's snapping at them. <laughs> he never yells at them. And he has the patience of a saint. He's always looking a for saint. Laura who ran away. Like, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. If my kids came to Timmy and they were like, Daddy, we just friended a weirdo and you would kill them. Now you have to go bury, <laughs> rebury his dead wife. Timmy would be like, go to your fucking room and don't come out for a year. <laughs> and then he would go to the dude's house and be like, I'm not burying your wife, dude. I'm busy. I, he wouldn't like, what, stop. Like uh, Laura just, she gets in everyone's fucking business, man. I would kill her if she was my kid. But there is definitely a distortion of fatherhood here. Sure. A thousand percent. And this is why I think I thought fathers had endless patience. <laughs> that I met dad. Dad has zero patience. Yeah. I have yeah. his level of patience with things. There's no yes, question. you do. There's no question. Yep. 100%. 100%. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what we're doing next? So we're finally. Oh, my God. Hold on. I have to click to a different page because we're done with season three. Woo! Season three was a ride, though. Season three was pretty crazy. Season three was a ride. Bully boys. Fred. I mean, okay. there was so much. Are we ready? Yes. Season four, episode one. Season premiere. 
cast-offs. Laura is shocked and devastated to find her beloved dog, Jack, dead in the barn. Oh! Dun-da-da! After an emotional burial. Man, we're just burying somebody every fucking episode. Now. Every every episode. Charles brings home a stray named Bandit to curb his daughter's pain, but Laura refuses to bond with the new dog. Meanwhile, the Walnut Grove's town people have mixed reactions to the idea of welcoming a new eccentric town person to their church. Ooh. 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 Wonder who That's that is. Interesting. Bandit is a border collie, isn't he? Yeah, I think he like, is. Like Lafayette Beetle? Yep, I believe so. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, Jenny, also, I want to tell everybody that on our main feed, we have some exciting stuff coming up. We're going to do an after-school special. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're pretty excited. Um, it's called The Day My Kid Went Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody suggested it or posted it or something. Something. I forget. The Day My Kid Went Punk. Yeah. So... We are going to watch that, and that will be out in a couple weeks, and I will share the link to that. It's You can watch the full version on YouTube. Anything good coming up on Patreon? Um, what did we just record? Dracula. 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 Oh. coming up on Patreon. Fuck. <laughs> Guys, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> I loved it. Ugh. All right. All right, guys. So thanks, and we'll see you soon. Hi everyone, Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisisy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening. Laura is shocked and devastated. To find her beloved dog, mother. F- Hold on. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.